Archdiocese of Chicago is a vibrant and diverse faith community. We celebrate our faith through worship, evangelization, and reaching out to the needy. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. And who am I? What are you calling me to be? When I listen to my heart, I can hear you whisper, asking me lovingly to come and follow you. Good morning. This is Sister Lavina Francis Pamet. I'm a Franciscan Sister of the Sacred Heart. And my co-host today is Father Adam. And uh, um, we have a special uh, show, and we are so excited. And Father Adam um, have been here kind of being coached by our great crew here in the Archdiocese of Chicago with uh, Brian and um, Mike um, in, you know, behind, behind here. It's, it's just so cool because I feel like I'm in this, this space that is, that is so special, and we've been waiting to tape our show here. So welcome, everybody. Um, Dare to Love show is a show um, that focuses and highlights religious vocations um, and the different vocations um, in the church and also highlights different uh, the religious communities um, and those who are passionate about vocation ministry. And um, also, we are uh, celebrating uh, this week, February 2nd, is the World Consecrated Life Day, and I turn it over to uh, Father Adam to talk about it. Thank you, Sister Lovina, and welcome to one and all. It is so good to be back with you again, Sister Thank Lovina. You. Here we are. So welcome, everyone, and we are so thrilled that you're here joining us for this monthly program where we want to promote vocation awareness throughout the Archdiocese of Chicago and beyond through programs related to vocation discernment and the promotion of the fact that we are all called by God, by our baptism, to give our hearts to God and to serving God's people in some concrete way. And we are truly excited to be here today because today is World Day for Consecrated Life. And in order to start us off today, I'd like to invite us to take a moment of prayer, just to quiet our thoughts, quiet our minds, and bring to mind the fact that whatever we do, we do it in the name and in the presence of our God. And so I invite us to pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our Father, we thank you for calling men and women to serve in your son's kingdom as sisters, brothers, religious priests, consecrated virgins and hermits, as well as members of secular institutes. Renew their knowledge and love of you and send your Holy Spirit to help them respond generously and courageously to your will. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and who reigns with you, and the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name Amen. of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, Sister Lavina, I am so excited to uh, tell you a little bit about World Day of Consecrated Life, which we celebrate today. Do you know that the history of this day goes back a number of years, all the way to 1997, when then Pope now St. John Paul II instituted this opportunity for the church throughout the world to recognize, celebrate, pray for, and gather together the thoughts and prayers of our whole Catholic community around the world 
around the gift that consecrated life is in our church. So, St. Pope John Paul II instituted this day to pray for men and women in consecrated life. And this dates back to 1997. So think about where you were in 1997. This celebration, of course, is attached to the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord, which we celebrate on February 2nd. And it's sometimes known as Candlemas Day. We think about how we've traditionally brought candles to the church on the Feast of the Presentation to symbolize the light of Christ coming into our lives and Christ being the light of the world. Right. So too, right, those religious priests, brothers, sisters, consecrated virgins, people in all forms of consecrated life, ask God to help them be that light of Christ for our world. So we're inviting the light to shine in us and then through us to shine out to others. And so a very special day for all of us. And the celebration of World Day of Consecrated Life happening February 2nd today is being celebrated in parishes primarily on this upcoming weekend, February 3rd and 4th, so that we won't miss the opportunity to gather to do that. There's so much information about this day you can find online through the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, the National Religious Vocation Conference. Just Google World Day of Consecrated Life, WDCL, and you will find so much great information. Along these lines, we are very happy to have with us again today a guest who joined us for last month's program. And she, as a member of Consecrated Life, is none other than Sister Connie Bach. You may remember meeting Sister Connie last month. Sister Connie is a poor handmaid of Jesus Christ, zooming in again today from the Mother House of Your Community in Donaldson, Indiana. We are so happy to have you back with us, Sister Connie. Welcome back to Dare to Love. Thank you very much, Father Welcome, Adam Connie. and Sister Lavina, for having me once again. It's always good to be with you. Great. And Sister Connie, I have it on good authority that today, as we present this program, February 2nd, uh, February 1st, excuse me, is a wonderful day in your community because it's the feast day of your founder, St. Catherine Casper. So I would imagine for you and your sisters, the poor handmaids, you're probably going to be celebrating your saintly founder, but also World Day of Consecrated Life. Could you share with us about what those celebrations will look like for you and your community? That is correct. So we are having a special uh, mass in honor of St. Katharina Casper, our foundress who uh, began our community in 1851 in Germany. She was a young peasant girl uh, who just really knew how to listen to the spirit, the still small voice within her. And uh, she listened attentively and responded courageously in the signs of her times, just as we continue to do today. And so we will be honoring her with a special mass uh, to celebrate World Day for Consecrated Life. And um, we're very happy to do that. And um, we're doing that with uh, sisters all around our world. We're in nine countries, so it, it'll be a wonderful day. Wonderful. Happy feast day to you and your sisters. And I can just imagine, I think I mentioned during last month's program, I had just made retreat at the Lindenwood Retreat Center. So I'll make another commercial if you're looking for a place to meet the Lord on the grounds of your mother house in Donaldson. And what a beautiful chapel you have. I think you can see it online if we go to your website. Don't miss it. It's so beautiful. And I can just imagine how filled with joy it will be on this great day. So Sister Connie, uh, when you were with us last month, you know, we focused a bit on uh, some different topics, but we, we kind of wrapped up where we really focused on your story of call and response to consecrated life as a sister. So following up on that, realizing that it is World Day of Consecrated Life as we sit here and speak today, I'd like to ask you the question, why consecrated life today? 
Why would you choose it again today if you had to make the choice? Why would you recommend to anyone that consecrated life is of value and relevant in our world today? Well, those are excellent questions. And um, I am very fortunate. I was taught by poor handmaids when I was uh, in first, second, and third grade. And um, I actually loved um, the sisters. They were very kind and compassionate and caring. And um, I was fortunate. My third grade teacher was very involved in music. As a matter of fact, her name was Sister Maricita, and she played the accordion. (laughs) And I remember she played her accordion almost every day for us, and we would sing, you know, different songs. But we went to Mass every day as a child, too. So I I, I really love music, and I really love to sing. And it was really the favorite part of my day, Uh, as opposed to a favorite subject. My favorite thing was going to Mass so we could, you know, sing. Um, our, our, my parents um, chose to uh, take us out of the Catholic school um, when I was in fourth grade. And I remember being really sad, um, you know, missing my friends and the sisters and so on. And especially I missed going, you know, to mass every day. Back then we went to mass almost every day. But I always say that God writes with crooked lines because because I love music, I was able to get into um, band classes and I learned how to play the trumpet which I would not have had the opportunity to do in the Catholic school because we didn't have uh, those opportunities to us um, first for music and band. So, um, and I carried that with me to this day. I still play trumpet, but more so I play guitar and I compose. Um, And I also play a lot of percussion. So uh, that was a real benefit for me for going to a public school. But I knew that there was something missing in my life. We stopped going to church as a family. And um, I remember riding around um, our house. There was a, 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 a big parking lot next to our house. And I would ride my bike just singing all the songs that I remembered from when I was in, in uh, Catholic school. And when I got to 10th grade, I had the fortune of um, uh, I used to babysit for a family. And the mother was a um, catechism teacher. And I would sit and talk with her about her, her lesson plans that she was writing um, and was just always very interested in um, the stories that she had to tell from the Bible and um, what she was doing with her students and so on and so forth. And she invited me to consider um, going back to the same church where I went to grade school and it was still my home parish. And I, um, I did, I went back and I was confirmed and I got very involved in my parish. Uh, we, we still had poor handmaids. There were different sisters there at that time. And one weekend I was babysitting with um, the family of the woman that I was speaking of. And um, I babysat from a Saturday to a Sunday because they went to a wedding. And um, on Sunday morning, they all woke up and said, well, we're going to church. Would you like to come with us? And I was so really pleased to be asked to go and I did and I sat in the front with the family and they had a children's choir with two sisters that were playing guitars and I uh, right away started singing and just was having a great time and afterwards these two sisters approached me and asked me if I would join the children's choir which I did and from there that's where everything started happening the sisters invited me to um, help them in their classrooms Um, They would invite me to supper and to stay for prayer. And I just got to know them. And I loved how they lived community, how they really cared for one another, um, the joy that I saw in them, uh, the love for God and and for their faith. And then they started inviting me to the mother house, which I fell in love with also. 
and uh, they invited me to some come and see weekends. And from there, I just learned to listen to the spirit. And I knew that those crooked lines were bringing me, you know, straight to the poor handmaids. And I've I've been a sister now for 31 years, and it's just been a, a wonderful story and um, uh, a life just full of joy and um, gratitude for where God has brought me. Sister Connie, thank you so much for your witness. The word joy you just used exudes from you as you speak about it. And I can't help but think that to summarize what you just said, why Consecrated Life Today? It's an invitation to deep joy. And wouldn't we agree our world is thirsting and hungering for a sense of joy? Not to uh, deny the struggles and the profound challenges of our world, but true faith is being able to find joy and let Christ be your joy in the midst of, and in order to sustain us in the midst of the challenges of life. And I remind you of my request last time. I knew about your guitar playing. You just reminded us about the trumpet. So I'm not (laughs) going to let you get away next time. I'd like to hear that trumpet. And if you bring your accordion too, if Sister taught you that. (laughs) (laughs) But I do want to say, Father Adam, um, that it is true. You know, I could do everything that I've done I've been a teacher. I've been a principal. I went back to school and uh, I was a music therapist for 10 years. And all those things I could have done as a single woman or as a married woman. But I chose consecrated life because I love living in community. And I love um, the challenges um, that come with that from my sisters, for me, you know, to continually grow and in my faith and in my in myself as a person. And um, and so I just find living in a religious life in community just so life-giving, and I'm just filled with gratitude for the many opportunities that I've had through being a sister. Amen, Sister Connie. Thank you so much. And, you know, we call this show Dare to Love. Thank you for daring to love and reminding us that consecrated life is that call to dare to love in a very radical way that frees us to love Jesus and others completely. So we're going to take a break, and we'll look forward to having more of you back with us for conversation, Sister Connie. Thank you. Join Catholic Charities on Sunday, February 4th for the 2024 Divine Affair, a premier wine tasting event held at Chicago's Union League Club. Sample and purchase wines and craft beers from around the world. Attend a wine appreciation or beer tasting seminar while you enjoy gourmet hors d'oeuvres and fabulous desserts. A fantastic silent auction and raffle are included as well. All proceeds benefit Catholic Charities programs and services that help anyone in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. To purchase Divine Affair tickets and learn about great sponsorship opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net or call 847-226-5697. That's 847-226-5697.
will always say, how can you spend your day with three-year-olds? Seeing the changes that they go through and just the journey and how they grow, this is a very rewarding job. Even though at the end of the day, we're not the highest paid people on earth. And when I have a parent contact me and say, my child loves school, that to me, I'm setting that foundation for their love of learning. Because really you are changing lives, you are molding lives. Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. Catholic Charities Loss Program was created more than 40 years ago to help survivors of suicide wherever they are in the grieving process. This nationally recognized program continues to offer a safe, non-judgmental environment where survivors of suicide can find community, direction, and resources for healing after suffering the devastating loss of a loved one. Online and in-person services are available for individuals, couples, children, and families of all faith traditions. To learn more, call 312-655-7283 or email loss at catholiccharities.net. Don't suffer alone. We are here to offer loving outreach to survivors of suicide. Contact Catholic Charities today. That I found in you. Tomorrow brings. Give me the grace to love and to be faithful, to be more like you. And we are back. This is Sister Lavina with Father Adam, my co-host. This is Dare to Love Show. And uh, for our, our guest today is uh, Sister Connie. And we were just talking about like the celebration of um, World Day of Consecrated Life. And uh, we were also um, saying that it's, uh, well, today as we're, we're um, talking to Sister Connie, the mention of the Feast of Your Foundress. And now um, Father Adam is going to talk a little bit more about like something that you're doing to celebrate, to involve the community. Exactly, Sister Lavina, and welcome back, Sister Connie. So it is good to be back with you and just thinking about how providential it is we're celebrating World Day of Consecrated Life on a program called Dare to Love. We've been talking with Sister Connie about how consecrated life is, in fact, a response to that dare of the gospel that we are called to love generously, inclusively, and widely. And so I just wanted to mention briefly that uh, please do check with your parishes to see how this day will be observed this weekend, February 3rd and 4th in parishes. I can tell you in the parish that I participate at services in Hyde Park, Chicago, St. Thomas the Apostle, we're going to have a wonderful event this Friday evening where the pastor of the parish and the pastoral staff has invited the many consecrated religious in our neighborhood, many of whom are involved with the Catholic Theological Union, to come together for a special prayer service, followed by a meal. I understand that last year they had over 100 religious men and women from around the neighborhood join and mingle and mix with the parishioners. And this year we're hoping for a robust turnout. We're going to be about 25 members of my community alone who will be there. So wow. really looking forward to a great celebration. So Sister Lavina, I have it on good authority that you and Sister Connie were actually at an event recently. And I was wondering if you'd like to share with us a little bit about that. Yeah, so, uh, you know, um, Sister Connie was mentioning about her guitar playing 
Well, I'm just so proud of just our, our sister Connie because this weekend we were at the uh, gathering of, um, the, it's called the Leadership Collaborative, and it invited uh, religious women. I didn't even know it was international. Uh, I just knew it was, you know, like on a level of national and maybe some of the... Um, um, the members might be coming or, or have been living in the United States. But we had, um, let's see, uh, about 150 attendees in person um, here in Chicago, and then over 100 participated via Zoom. So a, time, a, a total of um, over 250 uh, sisters and not all like um, people who have the roles of leadership, but we were talking about a, a special kind of leadership. But I have to say, Sister Connie, so proud because we, well, I, I usually, I've mentioned it before, I'm part of the choir. And Sister Connie has mentioned she's always been part of the choir. She loves to sing. But she became the spontaneous leader of the group. So just imagine someone playing the guitar and using her head to nod to kind of, you know, direct the choir. So, Connie, do you want to just talk about that? And then um, I'll ask another question, which is really important in, in what we experienced. Well, I first had no idea um, that I was going to be leading the group. I, we, I showed up and, well, we didn't have a leader, so um, I got voted, <laughs> voted in. And um, actually, I had a lot of fun. I was a nervous wreck because I really didn't know some of the music. But you know, that's the good thing about a leader is that you let other people shine who have the skills to do it. So uh, some of the other sisters knew music, and so they taught it to the rest of us. And I just, you know, went along with the group and nodded my head to the music, and everybody followed. And it turned out to be, uh, you know, great fun and, um, you know, just really celebratory. So I was, I was grateful for the opportunity. Right. I think that's uh, an important uh, thing to remember is that, and this is what we learned about in, in Leadership Collaborative, is what type of leaderships and options are there? And um, I, I, I don't know about you, Connie, but one of the things that I, I now know that's part of my vocabulary is the word Ubuntu from the Ubuntu people in Africa, in which, um, I, I'm, I'm going to get this wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Sister Connie, but... Um, I am because you are, and we, no, wait, you are because I am, and, yeah. and so what, what it roughly says is that we are all in this together. So you know how the, I guess the, the typical kind of when you look at leadership, it's authority and power and hierarchy and, you know, I'm, you know, like I don't have to listen to everyone. I can listen to you, but eventually, you know, my decision as a leader will still go. Well, we have to look at this community way of leadership and the leadership that comes from vulnerability. And Sister Connie, um, what, I guess, is your takeaway from that weekend in, in terms of leadership and, and in the whole coming together? I think one of my biggest takeaways was the whole idea of encounter, that when we come together, if we really encounter the other as Christ, um, then it's much easier uh, to work together, uh, to be a leader, uh, to uh, uh, let others shine. You know, Father uh, Adam was talking about Candlemas Day and, and um, you know, uh, celebrating the light. And, uh, you know, we were given the light in our baptism, and now we share our light with others as we live our lives, our committed lives. 
and uh, we invite others to do the same. So I think that was one of my biggest takeaways, along with the questions, who am I, whose am I, who called me, and what am I being called to? It just really gave me a lot to think about and um, still you know, pondering those questions. And those are questions that we answer differently throughout our lives. So um, it was a profound weekend and I was just really grateful to be with um, you know, consecrated women throughout the world. I, Alina Lavina, if I'm right, I think there were like 800, I'm sorry, 108 countries represented. Right. It was just a magnificent yes. uh, intercultural experience. Yeah. I mean, the, the major uh, part, of course, are the ones coming in locally. And for the, I mean, include, you're not really Chicago, but you're, you're still coming from Indiana. And so uh, there were a lot who were able to come in person. But the amount of people who were able to join us by Zoom, it's incredible. And the way we interfaced was really incredible as well. Um, one of the things I think that I really made me reflect, and I think I'm going to continue praying about it, is vulnerability. And we did, um, at some point, watch a video from Brene Brown, which um, I, I think the, the inclusion of that and her talk about uh, shame and fear and um, I guess a topic of feeling inadequate. And I remember even in the Vishet, um, joining a, a religious community, I felt like, okay, you know, around that time, and, and I think other religious um, or anybody who is joining um, a group, we need that sense of belonging. And sometimes it's like it could feel like home, but then you start living the day-to-day, -day and then we see our own uh, fears, our own sense of inadequacy, and then it, it's like, well, I feel like there's a loss in identity there somewhere because we all wear masks and hats. And sometimes we, you know, like the feeling of, um, I guess, a, a sense of discomfort of who we are. And one thing that I learned from the weekend is that, as, as you said, Sister Connie, about being who we are. It's important to know who we are and allowing ourselves to be seen as who we are which is part of that vulnerability because we, I mean, even in this show, <laughs> what I love about this show is we do get to have conversations that can be real. Um, and then it, it becomes, in, in a way, some of the discomfort probably is that when we talk about things that, you know, like, oh, I'm not that good at something. But then I realize um, somebody else um, I, I know Father Adam, I, we were just saying oh, how I appreciate you, you know, because you're so good at like synthesizing or summarizing something. For me, I can focus on something and I might not be able to say it one way, but there is another person who could. And that means that my own vulnerability, it's okay because it's part of me. I have other gifts. Uh, you were talking about joy. I, I can do joy, <laughs> you know, yeah. right? And I, I can be a cheerleader uh, when people are down. Um, you know, I can initiate like a party. You know, oh my gosh, we had some dancing going on <laughs> at this event. Um, and, and it was fun. And, um, and I think that's very important, is recognizing the different ways that we can lead or be part of a team, including um, our own authentic selves that we are growing into, that we are living into. 
And if I relate it into that call, as Sister Connie has, has mentioned, that call of God within us, we are being called every day to be our authentic selves. One other thing that I wanted to, um, I guess, add is how with Pope Francis, I remember several years ago, and somebody remind me uh, what year that was. I'm ashamed to say it's like having a senior moment here. But when Pope Francis first um, got um, chosen to be the one named as the new pope, the first thing that he did, if, you know, I think uh, people will remember this, he bowed low and in humility and vulnerability, he asked for people to pray for him. And that was such a model of humility, vulnerability, of allowing himself to be seen as he is, nothing less, nothing more. Um, so that, that's one of the things that I think I kind of made a connection for. So, And I don't know, Sister Connie, if um, that's something that also um, made an impression with you is um, I, I guess one of the other words is to be in a safe place, to be vulnerable. Because if you're trying to be vulnerable and, man, you don't feel safe in the place, that's something else. What do you think? Yes, I, I agree with that. And um, I think also availability and just a listening presence is often the biggest gift that you can give someone. Like what they really need the most is just somebody to listen and truly hear them and accept them for who they are that you know that that's that's when they're vulnerable we need to be respectful and um, we need to listen well and and be present to them without necessarily having answers but just knowing that they're heard makes them you know feel like they matter and and uh, that they have value and importance that is so well said. Thank you, Sister Connie. So um, this is probably a good time to take a short break, and then we'll be back and uh, continue on with our celebration of um, the World Day for uh, Consecrated Life. We'll be back. When I listen to my heart, I can hear you whisper, asking me lovingly, to come and follow you Here I am Did I hear you call my name? Here I am As you will Speak my God I am ready to begin Here I am I come to follow you I've traveled long and far to follow you a stranger and a pilgrim join Catholic Charities on Sunday February 4th for the 2024 Divine Affair a premier wine tasting event held at Chicago's Union League Club sample and purchase wines and craft beers from around the world. Attend a wine appreciation or beer tasting seminar while you enjoy gourmet hors d'oeuvres and fabulous desserts. A fantastic silent auction and raffle are included as well. All proceeds benefit Catholic Charities programs and services that help anyone in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. To purchase Divine Affair tickets and learn about great sponsorship opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net or call 847-226-5697. 
That's 847-226-5697. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it's, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. are back, Father Adam. This is a Dare to Love show, and we have our guest, uh, Sister Connie Bach with the Poor Handmaids. And um, so, Sister Connie and I were talking about uh, the Leadership Collaborative earlier, and um, before that, you know, like, we're celebrating our World Day of Consecrated Life. And February 2nd, it's tied in to, um, to well, first of all, um, not just a celebration of consecrated life, but really of vocations. And um, we're, we're focusing on consecrated life per se. But I think with the Leadership Collaborative event that Sister Connie and I attended, um, I would like to just invite and maybe have people reflect on what is your own sense of leadership within you? And leadership, we can see it as authority and power, but really, with the model of Jesus Christ, it's service. So in any, and, and Sister Connie has mentioned, like, um, she could have been doing her music and guitar playing and, uh, what, what was it, trumpet playing, <laughs> um, as a, a single woman, as a married woman, um, you know, and she chose living in community as a religious sister. Um, so now, I, speaking of um, that kind of a leadership and even spontaneous ones, um, again, I just wanted to say how proud I was of Sister Connie <laughs> and how fun it became. You know, I, I turn it over to Father Adam because I've mentioned Pope Francis and how humble he was 
um, and how uh, he began with asking people to pray for him. And, and Father Adam, in terms of that word synodality, I know you have something that you're eager to share with um, all of uh, our listeners and, and those who are watching. Indeed, Sister Lavina, thank you for the invitation. And thank you, Sister Connie, again for being with us today and following up on your time with us last month on Dare to Love. We're so glad to have you. And it's amazing how Sister Lavina and I can try to plan a program and sketch out an outline of what we'd like to cover. And then we turn it over to the Holy Spirit. And think of how the Holy Spirit is tying it all together today, as you've been saying, Sister Lavina. We just, before the break, talked about the importance of listening. And then we talked about Pope Francis and how trying to to give that example of being his authentic self. He humbled himself to ask for prayer. I remember that moment. I'm sure many of you do. Full transparency. Father, we'll go to confession today. I was attending a provincial leadership council meeting by Zoom, and I had one window with the meeting and another window with what was happening in Rome. And I know that all my other council members were doing the same. We finally took a break because we needed to watch the coverage live. And I remember that moment as clear as yesterday, 2013, when Pope Francis, as you said, Sister Lavina, stood on that balcony and said, pray for me. I was literally in tears. I just have to tell you, I was literally in tears. The humanity, the authenticity, the integrity of this man. And so Pope Francis really trying to invite us to this profound way of being church together based on a model of listening, which then leads to leading together So think about what you just shared in this leadership collaborative, the kind of circle and this awareness of the spirit of Ubuntu that you talked about, I am because you are. And so this idea of synodality, which many people may be thrown off by the term, what is a synod on synodality? It's really like a way or a practice of how we can be together as church. And so what I'm excited to tell you about is that just last week, I had the chance to experience a program called Serious About Synodality. (laughs) It took place at the Catholic Theological Union in Hyde Park, where the men in my religious community, the Society of the Divine Word, are pursuing their graduate studies. And once a semester at CTU, we have what's called a common formation night. So all the religious communities that are there and the different uh, groups of laypersons and scholars come together for this common meal, a time of prayer, and formation. And last week, it took the form of experiencing and practicing the synodal method of conversation. We were each at tables of, say, six people. Each table had a facilitator who really wasn't there to facilitate in terms of leading the conversation so much as like keeping the time and inviting one person to speak and then the next and kind of guiding us through the process. But basically, we took two issues which were part of the focus of the Synod in Rome at their recent gathering. At my table, we focused on synodality in formation. So what would it look like to do a synodal process in formation, say, for religious life of priests, of brothers, of sisters? And the other was the understanding of the identity of church as mission. Not a church doing a mission or the church having a mission, but the identity and understanding that the church is mission in the sense that the church is an extension of Jesus Christ, whose mission was to inaugurate and bring into its fullness the kingdom of God. And so the church is mission. So we had this fascinating table process where each person around the table was allowed to speak for three minutes, uninterrupted, no questions, 
no interventions, no other people jumping in to dominate the conversation. After each person around the table had spoken for three minutes, we took about a minute of a pause just to receive and let sink in what we had heard. And then we went to the next person to share for three minutes and so on and so forth. After everyone around the table had shared, we then took several minutes to simply reflect on what had been shared in the circle, which was a lot. Three minutes times, let's say, six people, even the facilitator took her turn to share. And then we went around the circle in the opposite direction, and we each had three minutes to respond, not so much to what a particular individual said, but what landed on our hearts, what we heard around the table. We could point to specific instances or examples that were given, but it was really sort of that synthesizing we talked about earlier. What did you take from this? So we did this the first time we talked about at my table, Church's Mission, and then we got started on the next one of Synodality and Formation. And you know what? We ran out of time. <laughs> the common formation night is supposed to last about 90 minutes. And I think the best sign to me that this program was really inspired by the Holy Spirit was that you had over 100 people in this room who had many other things to do on a Thursday evening after this, mm -hmm. and no one was looking at the clock. No one was racing for the door. We literally had to stop in mid-conversation. We had already gone overtime. So what I take from that is that this process can be very, very life-giving. How often is it that you have the chance to speak your mind for three minutes, uninterrupted, you know, just to say what it is you're thinking, what you're feeling, what your dreams, your hopes are. This is what Pope Francis invited the group at the Synod to do in Rome, and we had the chance to experience that exact same dynamic. We even had the chance to hear from one of the, the faculty members at CTU who was part of the Synod, Sister Maria Simperman, a religious of the Sacred Heart, and so she came in by Zoom to, to tell us what was it like to be in those rooms. So I just can't say enough about what a wonderful thing this was, and of course the question it leaves me with and us with is, how do we then translate that into, what would it look like to take that model back into my Divine Word community? when we have our house assemblies, when we have our community meetings, and as we call chapter meetings, where we gather together the wisdom of the group. And rather than just have someone kind of facilitate what we need to know, what would it be look like to have that circle of conversation and really gather the wisdom of what people are, are feeling, thinking, and sharing? So it's a, just a wonderful experience. I hope that others will have the chance to get serious about synodality. I think if you have the opportunity to, to encounter something like this, and it sounds like the Leadership Collaborative was similar to that. The vibe was very similar. And so it seems like the Holy Spirit has really brought these uh, two events together today. And tying that to consecrated life, how we of all people, consecrated men and women religious, consecrated virgins, sisters, brothers, priests, that we aim to be, as Sister Connie reminded us today, thank you for reminding us that we are called to be that contemplative listening presence in a very noisy world to help people really hear the voice of God in the midst of their circumstances and their daily lives. So I just can't say enough about it, Sister Lavina. Thanks for giving me a, indulging me for a few minutes there to talk about that. Thank you, Father Adam. That's really beautiful. And um, when you were describing the process of that synodality process that you had in, in, in that room and in that experience, it uh, sounded uh, very much like an experience that I had that I first experienced through the, it happens to be the Leadership uh, Women's Conference uh, several years ago, and how um, the, the sense of, um, it, they called it the contemplative dialogue. 
And one other element that I learned from that is not just the um, the um, the gleanings and the synthesizing, or or I guess kind of like the what I, I liked how you termed it, what landed in your heart. I really love that. Um, and what it is is it's coming from the I to to we as as a whole, because I think sometimes when we are listening, we do try to listen when we hear words, but then especially in in group conversations, we're already formulating, I should say, I'm already formulating what I want to say or how to respond. And it's such a discipline to just not comment or even uh, like relate, like, oh yeah, I remember this story, you know, (laughs) it's like the the chatter, you know. So it, it is a discipline, it's a skill that we learn. But because of that that we learn, we, in the experience itself, we, we learn that circle, um, companionship and synodality. Um, so we're going to go on a break, but Sister Connie, just to, um, I, I don't know if I kind of texted you earlier, and I, I wanted to see if you would be able to share a little bit of our experience of before people can even be heard and be able to allow themselves to be seen, they need to be counted. I'm talking about the survey that you were ta- telling me about um, when we were talking um, this weekend. Would you be able to share? Not not right now. We're going to go on a, a little break, and then when we come back, if if that's okay with you, okay? So we're going to go on a short break, and then Sister uh, Connie will talk about the survey um, that she just completed. <laughs> we'll be back. I wonder what tomorrow brings Give me the grace to love and to be faithful To be more like you Join Catholic Charities on Sunday, February 4th for the 2024 Divine Affair, a premier wine tasting event held at Chicago's Union League Club. Sample and purchase wines and craft beers from around the world. Attend a wine appreciation or beer tasting seminar while you enjoy gourmet hors d'oeuvres and fabulous desserts. A fantastic silent auction and raffle are included as well. All proceeds benefit Catholic Charities programs and services that help anyone in need throughout Cook and Lake Counties. To purchase Divine Affair tickets and learn about great sponsorship opportunities, visit catholiccharities.net or call 847-226-5697. That's 847-226-5697. special. (laughs) I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. 
you may have never thought we were an option before. Our school communities provide students with academic excellence and character education in a supportive and stable learning environment. Come see for yourself. Visit artchicago.org slash findaschool. Did you know that Catholic Charities accepts car donations? If you're ready to free up space in your garage and put a stop to all those expenses that go along with owning a car, we will gratefully accept your donation, whether the car is running or not. You choose a pickup time that is convenient for you, and we will make the donation as easy as possible free of charge. You'll receive a charitable donation receipt as well. We accept all types of vehicles nationwide, and you will know that your donation is made to Catholic Charities, an agency you can trust. To learn more about donating your car, call 877-786-4483. That's 877-786-4483. Thank you. are back. This is Sister Lavina and Father Adam, and this is Dare to Love show. And I just wanted to uh, remind uh, people, our listeners and uh, those who are watching right now, um, if you could, not just with Dare to Love, but um, every day from 8 to 9 uh, Central, we do have um, different radio shows that, that also, um, a lot of them get recorded or are live, and you can also watch it through YouTube. Otherwise, um, this is also being presented through Catholic Chicago, so if you're looking, if you can't remember Dare to Love or you you put it on YouTube and you can't find it, um, just make sure to um, just kind of like look on search under Catholic Chicago, Dare to Love. Um, and then if you uh, if you're listening, then you can uh, or if you want to listen after um, it's already aired live, you can always go to the archchicago.org. Uh, um, website and then look for Dare to Love and you should be able to find um, our show. So um, just kind of like a, a brief uh, recap here. Um, we're celebrating the World Day of Consecrated Life, uh, which is February 2nd. Um, um, today, as we're taping it, we are also uh, celebrating um, the, the Feast of the Founders of the Poor Handmaids of Jesus Christ of our guest, uh, Sister Connie Bach. And with the remaining time that we have, I'd like to uh, put Sister Connie back on to talk about the survey that she has been doing, which I think is just listen to this, folks, because this is just so cool. Go ahead, Sister Connie. Oh, I think you're muted. So sorry. Um, every Tuesday and Thursday, I have a group of volunteers that go to these two really dilapidated motels in town, and we feed about 145 people. We take them um, hygiene packets and uh, just all kinds of necessities. Um, but in particular, uh, what Sister Livina is referring to is something called a point in time that's done by every state on a particular date to count the homeless. And uh, that is so that they can figure out uh, federal or state funding and so on and so forth. And um, the hotel has rarely been counted. Usually sleeping in a hotel is not necessarily considered homeless, nor is sleeping in a car or couch hopping from friend to friend. And so we were determined that we were going to um, 
because everybody matters, we were going to do this uh, count at the hotels where we are. And unfortunately, because it was at nighttime, I couldn't get anybody to join me. So I went room to room and I uh, interviewed every person in the hotel that I could and the two hotels and uh, wound up being 72 people over uh, two, two days that I did this. And um, I left exhausted, not just physically, but emotionally because of the stories um, that you hear from uh, you know, people's lives. And I think that that was what I was referring to before when we talk about encounter. We don't understand what people go through until we truly take the time to listen and to learn about their stories and to hear what they've been through. Um, child abuse was uh, a big thread through many of those surveys, um, sometimes mental health, um, people that can't get the help that they need for mental health and so on. Uh, and so, you know, we just try to give a hand up, not a hand out. And so we help them find jobs and we help them find new places to live that are much more um, habitable and uh, what most of us would like to live in you know, in terms of uh, cleanliness and safety and, and so on and so forth. So it was just really a wonderful experience to take the time to personally sit down and listen to people's stories and to um, just give them a, a, a very powerful message that they do count and they do matter and that they are important and valued uh, in, in our society, even though they might not always experience that from those around them. Now, one thing so. I remember that you told me, Sister Connie, is that um, in that area, what is actually reported is there's zero homelessness. And yes, that's but, what we've been told that we do not have, we do not have homeless, and that and that's just really ridiculous. Uh, and and it doesn't it doesn't make people feel like they do matter or that you know that they're valued. So. Uh, we have a new mayor in town, and we're hoping to meet with him and, and um, you know, try to build some affordable housing. And, you know, we just really need to stand up for our brothers and sisters who are really suffering. And that's what we're called to do, whether we're a brother, sister, priest, or a lay man or woman. Um, we have that same call and responsibility to care for one another. So. Mm-hmm. And um, and if you feel comfortable sharing this, um, one of the things that you told me was that people were getting nervous when you said you want to do this, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, sure. Uh, there, there are a lot of people in town that don't want the poor around because they're afraid that if we help them, it will attract more poor, um, which is a really sad, sad statement because... Um, you know, a lot of the people that are living in these hotels are working, uh, but unfortunately they might only get eight or 10 or 12 hours a week, which is still not enough, you know, to live on. And, and so, um, you know, we, we just help them out as much as we can and try to lift them up and try to uh, assure them that there are people that really do care and, and that they're loved, they're loved by God, they're precious in God's eyes uh, as each person is. And, um, you know that we, we take that very seriously and uh you know we go out of our way to uh, make people feel that they matter mm -hmm. so um sister connie thank you so much for sharing this i think it's it's very important that people do know and this is the kind of we're talking about leadership in terms of service and making people count you were 
actually literally making them count because the surveys you need to be counted, right? Mm, so literally, um, literally. If, if people would like to help out or be involved in some way, um, can you direct them to a website? Sure. Our volunteer website is um, PHJC, stands for Poor Handmaids of Jesus Christ, and then VOL, V as in Victor, O-L, volunteer and program so phjcvalprogram.org you can find all the information and my contact information there thank you and we'd, we'd be more than happy to welcome anyone that would like to join us and um, we also would welcome any donations that would help us support our ministry thank you sister Connie I turn it over to Father Adam now Close. thank you sister Lamina and thank you sister Connie for your profound joy and your witness once again to us today it has been a pleasure to continue this conversation and I congratulate you and your sisters on your feast day and pray that through the intercession of St. Katerina Casper many more women will hear that call to your community and to many communities or to whichever path they're called and to do exactly what you said to know that by baptism we are called to share our gifts and to let others know that they count, that they are loved. It's interesting today that we kind of look back at sort of how World Day of Consecrated Life got started with Pope St. John Paul II in 1997. We've talked about our current events and what's happening, but all of this has been based on the idea that in future days, we will live out this reality. It reminds me of a quote I was asked to give recently when someone asked me, why consecrated life today? What does it mean for you? And I said that consecrated life is rooted in the past, it's lived in the present, but it's focused on creating a future where the world in which we live comes to resemble more closely the kingdom that Christ came to initiate. So tying together the past, the present, the future. Sister Connie, thank you again for being with us today. Happy World Day of Consecrated Life. Happy Feast Day, Sister Lovina. I think we celebrate together with your community, Franciscan Sisters of the Sacred Heart, the Society of the Divine Word, all those priests, brothers, sisters, consecrated men and women, consecrated virgins, religious uh, hermits, all those who celebrate this day, we celebrate with you, and we invite all of our listeners and viewers to continue pondering the question of how you too are called to dare to love and to respond to that dare by living and loving faithfully your own baptismal call. Thanks for being with us today, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next time. Thank you, God Father bless. Adam. Thank you, Father and Adam. Blessings to all. Who am I? What are you calling me to be? When I listen to my heart, I can hear you whisper, asking me lovingly to come Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media. My God, I am ready to begin. Here I am, I come to follow you. I've traveled long and far to follow you. A stranger 